coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley. We're the show where we bring you engaging conversations with industry leaders and franchise experts. Today is absolutely exception, and we're going to get into a topic that we don't normally do. So please tune in. It's exciting. We are honored to have a distinguished guest uh, who's making waves in the franchise world. has been for a long time, actually. Uh, But there's something very unique that we're going to talk about and why that is. But joining us on the show today, we have Adam Pavlitz. He's the CEO of Anigo Cleaning Systems, a renowned franchise brand that specializes in commercial cleaning. But again, there's something very elegant about this model we're going to talk about. So with over 30 years of experience, Anigo stands out for its innovative approach to franchising, offering master franchisees expansive territories, multiple revenue streams, and the opportunity to empower others through small business ownership. So today we'll delve into that world. We'll talk a little bit more with Adam on that. So without further ado, let's ask Adam a little more. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You got it. I appreciate you. And so we'll go ahead and dive in. I I know I mentioned some things there in the beginning and kind of teed up the idea of master franchising. And I know some folks in the audience, that might be a new concept. And I just think it's very important that we talk about it up front. And so first, maybe tell us a little bit about your history here with the brand and then talk to us about this innovative idea that you guys have had from the beginning. And it's really helped develop this brand into a national force. So tell us a little bit about your your journey here with the brand. Sure. So I, uh, my father founded the business back in 1989. I didn't, I joined, gosh, it was 2009. So going on 14 years now. Was definitely not planning on joining the family business, but you know, after a few years in the corporate finance world, my dad was like, "You got to check this out. You got to check this out." Finally, did, and have been, you know, chugging along ever since. They uh, they were crazy enough to appoint me CEO back in 2015, and yeah, it's been it's been fun. Every day is different. There's definitely no no two days that are similar in the franchising space. So very exciting stuff. And yeah, you're you're, you're right. It is kind of a an odd model, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's odd in a really elegant way. Like as I told you earlier when we talked, you know, I've been in the industry for twenty years, and you know, and I was trained to find, you know, understand business models and understand franchising. And my background's in finance too, and I quickly learned that that wasn't me either. More of a of a sales marketing kind of guy, as you could probably already tell, right? But but anyway, you know, we got into the business and really understood what made a good model. Like what what makes a, a business scalable yeah. and lucrative and 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 hey, a good lifestyle and you feel good about it. And I started to learn how franchising because franchising is 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 doing that on purpose, right? Is is a purposeful effort to take your business and become polished and make that available to others. And to do that, you really have to polish it. You really have to zero in on every detail. But you are, I think, the only brand I know of, and I'm not saying there's not there's thousands of brands. I don't know them all. I know many, 
but I've only come across you guys that use this three-tier master franchising approach. And I just think it's awesome. So I wanted you to explain it to everybody so they understand how that works and what makes that unique. Because again, you can come at it from a couple angles of ownership, which is unique to you only by offering this three-tier uh, options. So tell us a little bit of how that works and and why you got, you got into it and, and why you keep doing it and why you think it's so important. Sure. Yeah. So so um, for anybody who's going, what the heck is a three tier franchise model that maybe we start there. Um, so so most most people are familiar with a two tier franchise. That's probably the most common structure. So, you know, the McDonald's corporate office and then the people who own the restaurants. Um, our Our model has three tiers. So, you know, we have the corporate office. We have what's called a master franchise, and that's sort of a regional territory owner. And then we have a unit franchise, and these are uh, owners of independent cleaning businesses. So the the way it works and the way it becomes uh, very profitable is well, well, you know, here let's let's actually start here, Rob. When I say commercial cleaning, I would guess that the first thing that that you and your listeners envision is you know someone. When I say commercial cleaning, you go a guy holding a vacuum or someone holding a mop in a bucket, right? Um, That is the kind of the visual that comes to mind. Um, And, and that's, that's a key component, right? Someone has to go in physically clean the buildings, make sure the customers are satisfied, make sure everything's getting done. But where did he get that account from? Who's billing that account? Who, whose website helped attract that account? What happens when something goes wrong? Who do they call? And so what we did is we, we've discovered this way through our master franchise model where essentially you can, you know, you can split the, the, the job functions. We call it essentially by like daytime and nighttime, right? So most commercial cleaning is done at night. Um, and so that's our unit franchisee. They, they own a small cleaning business. They hire a crew, learn the chemicals, the equipment, clean the buildings, keep the customer happy. And then the master franchise is the day job, if you will, right? It's the daytime aspect. So they have they have the website, they hire the sales team, they're running the sales appointments, they have the daytime customer service folks, and then they also do the invoicing and collections of the clients on behalf of the units. So it creates a really cool synergy where essentially well, well one is doing the day job, the other is doing the night job, and the master franchise has zero personnel that do cleaning. And the unit franchise has zero personnel that have to do sales or uh, billing and collections. So both are saving big time on the overhead while relying on the other to handle one aspect of the business for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, it kind of just reminds me of a simple idea in business where you focus on your strengths. You will first identify your strengths and weaknesses, right? As a business. And you say, I'm good at these things, not so good at those. Many people will use outsourcing or other ideas to to solve this 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 problem, but it's good to recognize it. And you guys have not only recognized the idea of separating those two responsibilities because they're so different. And so you a lot of people have strengths or weaknesses in either of those areas, and and to separate them allows you to focus wholeheartedly, which makes yeah. you really good at doing that one thing. And just as a concept, if you can do that well, whatever, however you're achieving it, you usually see great results. Right. And that's that's like, again, you're, you're saying that, but I don't think people hear that. I, I see it right away. I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't be a natural fit to do both of those, right? That would be pretty exhausting to try to do both. It's just two different things. I and if you the, could just focus, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think the statistics, right, on, on a typical just like non-franchise small business are, are pretty bad, right? They're like, it's like, 
90% fail in the first three years. And then of those that, that are still around another, you know, 60% or something fail within five or 10 years. I mean, it's not great. You know what I mean? And, and, and our, you know, our, our hypothesis on why that is right. Maybe you go, Rob, you go, I'm a great cook. I'm going to start a restaurant. And everyone goes, yeah, Rob, you're an awesome cook. You, 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 you know, nobody makes a, you know, pizza like you. And you say, I'm going to start a pizza store. And so you open a pizza business and there's a huge gap between being phenomenal, a phenomenal cook, a phenomenal pizza maker and owning a pizza business, right? Because it's like, okay, you know how to make a mean, mean slice of pie, but what do you know about spoilage, inventory turnover, recruiting employees, HR, sales, advertising, all that? You know what I mean? So you go, wait a minute. That's that's kind of why small businesses fail because good cooks don't necessarily make good business owners and good business owners a lot of times aren't great cooks. Uh, and so we could have applied that, you know, that that thought process to cleaning and you say, okay, the the functional side of cleaning isn't, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it's, there are better tools and equipment to use. There's better chemicals, more effective processes, of course, right? I mean, there's, there's professional ways to do things and it's, you know, it's not just Windex and, you know, and, and silly stuff like that, but but maybe at, same, at home right yeah exactly exactly but but um but someone who has a very strong background in in sales marketing can run a sales team can manage you know a large business at scale um usually it's just a different individual it's a different skill set than someone who knows how to manage a large cleaning business and so by separating it you're right you, you focus on each individual strengths yeah, and that's again the benefit of franchising is to work with companies that have had the time and focus on evolving that way, where you can see those things. I'm sure at some point when the business started, there wasn't that clarity for your father started the business, but you know very quickly you saw the separation of those things and how that could elegantly be structured and then rolled out in a very successful way. Now, how many units are you guys at now? Like, how many? What does that look like for you guys? So we have uh, just under 50 master franchises and then over 1,800 unit franchises across the U.S. and Canada. Wow. See, I mean, that's and that starts from one idea, right? So it's amazing. Um, well, cool. So let's talk more about this idea because I think it really highlights the sales and marketing aspects of things because that's the other thing I look at too. And when you look at the, the function of things like sales and marketing versus, say, finance and operations, you get into that same thing again, where it's it's hard for certain people to be good at all those things. Uh, right. They obviously need the playbooks. They need to know the best way to achieve things in the, in a context, right, of what you're doing, like a cleaning business. Right. Um, but you guys have gone further with this idea of strengths and weaknesses because I know you do some of the marketing. You do some turnkey things to allow your franchisees to focus again on what they're where they're focused and you do the, this well so they don't have to worry but i know there's some marketing and sales related resources as well uh that you guys centralized right so maybe you could share more of that thought process as well sure so um yeah so we all i mean you know if, if we don't all add value at each level of the franchise system then you know what what's the point of it right and so um you know while the while the units focus on keeping the customers happy and cleaning uh, the master at the master franchise level, they're focused on the local marketing, the you know the local usually a lot of times telemarketing, um, 
some some limited uh, social media, that sort of stuff in order to kind of hype the brand locally. And then at the corporate office, I mean, we're, we're the ones doing kind of all the, the back end stuff. So we, you know, we design all of the, the flyers, we're heavily invested in technology, we have a, a whole custom, um, custom app called uh, clean source Anigo clean source that we use uh, that that creates all the proposals for all of the franchisees we have the and then we also you know it decided not to splinter our franchise brand on social media so I, I happen to have the largest uh, Facebook following of of all of my competitors I believe combined uh, today and and we're able to leverage that to find you know, people who are interested in becoming a franchisee, who are interested in our services, um, and you just can't get that without the scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, eighteen hundred businesses, right? That's a lot of businesses. Uh, so, so again, the idea of that is you focus on your part, we focus on ours, and that means for a business, someone seeking a business opportunity, you're, you're given a path to proven success, right? I know you guys have had some significant growth, uh, some really you break, breaking your own records, right? You you have more, uh, your top people are higher than they were. You have more people hitting the million dollar club and things like that. Um, tell me a little bit about, about that. Um, you're, do you have a certain goal as CEO? Is there like, uh, I know you had a program. I think it was like a, a challenge program, like a hundred million dollar. Can you tell me a little bit about what your overarching driver is and then how that trickles down to everybody and helps them be successful because if they're not successful, you're not. And so that's this, tell yeah. us a little bit about that program. So uh, at the beginning of the year, we actually just, com we completed the, the hundred million dollar challenge. We were at around 60, 65, 66 million in system wide revenue. Um, <clears throat> and we came up with a plan. It was a five prong plan um and, and investing in our investing in people is ultimately what it came about coming out of covid we said let's help our master franchisees hire additional sales reps let's invest in continuing education so we partnered with the dale carnegie school for ongoing leadership and sales classes we invested in a e-learning platform for our franchisees there's a whole there's a whole laundry list of stuff but um i challenged our franchisees saying you know using these kind of five pillars um i'd like i'd like to grow revenue by 50 percent to reach 100 million within 24 months and we did it in 19. Um, wow. and so so i i kind of put my neck out on the line <laughs> this this past february actually um and you know maybe it's maybe it's brains maybe i'm crazy um but i challenged I, we're actually calling it vision 2028 now and the objective is we've added kind of uh, we've added four more pillars. So there's nine total pieces to the puzzle here. And if you can imagine, you know, like kids building blocks, you know, five blocks on the yeah. bottom, three in the middle, one on top. Um, and that's, you know, further educational things, a world class CRM that we're investing in, um, a national accounts program, lots of other stuff. Um, the objective is to triple revenue to 300 million system wide revenue by 2028. Wow. That's a great vision. I love, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask you because just that you have it, right? You have a program, you have a plan, everybody's on board with it. Everybody's understanding it. It's a common yeah. goal. Uh, that's what leaders do. And I commend you for that. I mean, that's, you know, I feel like if you put that on the out there, well, you already did it. You're like, oh no, what did I do? I just put myself out there again. Why did you do that? Yeah. You, <laughs> you just rested on your laurels, right? 
Now, that's the beauty of franchising that I like is there's always a vision to go forward. Um, so tell me a little bit about what we talked about, the master franchising model. And I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit because normal with most brands uh, that, that that are out there, again, it's like you said, it's two tiers, meaning you can become a local owner. You can even have multiple, multiple locations in a particular area where there's available areas. That's pretty normal. That's standard. The... The master franchise model is another tier, but the, the other aspect of being in the master franchise side of things is being more like the brand, right? Right. And, you know, I was always attracted to brands because I always liked the concept of the idea of helping others get into business, right? So you're proud of what you're doing and it's working and it's, you know, you like what you're doing for your clients and you're saying, I want to help others do this. And that process of, of being able to do that. So you're, Tell us a little bit about how the idea of empowering others to do what you guys do in different markets, how does that align with your overall vision or, or your values? Like, where did that come from? The desire to make that available to everybody, really kind of democratize what you guys have as a brand right. and let others have that same benefit of feeling what you feel. Right. Uh, so how did that come about and how does it align with your, your culture? Yeah. So, so the name, the name Anago actually has kind of a, a Latin, Latin Greek origin, and it literally means to guide or uplift. So it's, I mean, it is sort of ingrained in our brand from the beginning. Um, we actually have, we call them our seven unifying principles that we kind of manage the entire business by. And the first one is believe in people. Um, excuse me, I'm losing my voice today for some reason. Um, the, the, so, I mean, it is, it is who we've been since our inception. I mean, it, that, that's been a focus. And then, and, and then when you kind of think about it, um, you know, you, there's probably tens of thousands of franchise brands across the country today, right? I mean, you can, if you can name, if you can dream it, you can franchise it, it seems like. Um, and one thing we realized was, you know, why do you, why do you think there are so many franchise brands? Because there's money in that franchise aspect of it, and how many other franchisors share in that in that kind of that that additional revenue source of being the franchisor with their franchisees, and so we found you know ultimately if you're able to if you're able to bring on people, help them learn your culture, your brand, and then also share in that being the franchisor where it's no you represent the brand in Atlanta or Denver or wherever um it, it it's a it's a totally different point of pride for someone first off and then second um it helps them at the local level there's only so much i can do from south florida to you know to help someone get into business ownership you know across the country whereas if someone is 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 owns the portland oregon market which they do and someone in portland oregon says hey i want to get into the cleaning business I understand the sales side is a little crazy, but I know how to, I know how to do the equipment. I know the chemicals. Can somebody help me? I can say, yeah. Talk talk to uh, Matt and Eric, because who who own who own the the Portland market? Hey, talk to those guys. They know tons about business. They can help you find clients. They can mentor you, coach you, show you how to be a better business you know business owner, um, and help you improve you know your life locally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about like your expansion plans. Um, you're 1800, right? So now it's more of a game of where do we need to be and slicing and dicing. Like you're in a lot of places already, right? Um, tell me a little bit about how that looks for you as CEO. So you have the $300 million. So there's a couple things you're looking at. Obviously, existing units really helping them. 
Uh, but then the part of that probably is also thinking about expansion as well. Tell me a little bit about how you do that. And, you know, you know, is there, well, I'll have a follow-up question to that, but tell me first about your expansion plans and how you pick and choose how that happens. Where, you know, where's the priorities in other words? Yeah. So, um, I think we, I think we did it, uh, pretty organically for, for most of my tenure here. Now we are having to get more strategic. Um, what, what we're seeing is so, so, um, if you were looking at a map of North America, um, I'm, I'm pretty solid in the East coast. I'm, pr I'm pretty solid in the West coast. I have this random gap throughout the Midwest and I'm not particularly sure why. And it's just what leads have come to us in the franchise development world. Um, but the, but so our, our targeted focus is throughout the Midwest. So, uh, Illinois, Iowa, we actually just opened Nebraska, what, year and a half ago. Um, that, that kind of Midwest corridor. And then also, uh, deeper into Canada. We, we really only were able to develop Western Canada thus far. Mm -hmm. So eyes, you know, all eyes are on Toronto and Ottawa and those areas. Um, but, but you're right. Same store growth is, is probably where the bulk of our focus is put on because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's different. How do you, you know, I, I, when I explain it to one of our master franchises that just opened up, we, we just had someone open up North Florida. So they, they own from uh, Gainesville, Florida, all the way across to Tallahassee, Florida. Um, and cool area because like a lot, all the educational facilities right between the, you know, both universities, Florida state and university of Florida. So lots of businesses to target. Um, but the, the, you explain to them, you know, what, what, what are their goals in year one, year two, year three? And you guys, you say, look, when you get to a point where you're at a million dollar business, the, the air feels a little bit lighter. You know what I mean? You don't, yeah. the pressure on you isn't, isn't quite as heavy from startup to now you're a million dollar business. Um, and so it's, it's making sure people understand that regardless of what territory they're in. We're having some success uh, lately in smaller territories. I would call that, you know, that's not, you know, North Florida is not Chicago, right? I mean, it's, right. you know, there is a disparity there, but, but the cost to operate in some of those smaller territories is significantly less, right? The cost to, you know, run, run some advertising in Chicago versus Tallahassee is probably night and day. And so they're yeah. seeing very quick, uh, they're quickly able to get to those million and, you know, million plus dollar marks because not a lot of competition it's typically mom and pops in the area and the cost to advertise in the area is low so it's you know we'll we'll you know if you if you bring them we will we will find a fit for them if they're the right fit of course um but we're kind of agnostic to which territory um and, and you know ha happy to find wherever people are living if there's businesses there right if you got business there yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah well we've done a good job of, of populating the world with businesses and people right yeah um so and that's not slowing down it doesn't seem so that's so there were a couple of things i was thinking about while you were talking and, and one was so you're helping the the master franchisee well let me before i get into that i wanted to ask you about customer service about the the things that you the blocking and tackling that you probably do 10 times better in the local market, you kind of commented that there's a lot of mom and pops. So that's your, typically when you go into a market, your competition is typically independent businesses. And I've heard from a lot of home services businesses, let's say, as an example, um, you know, in their world too, it's very similar where they have a lot of fragmented, like a lot of, you know, mom and pops. And, and it's just common sense, they say, you know, it's like, we follow up and make sure the customer's happy. We, 
we ask for a reviewer testimonial. We we make sure they're, you know, we go through the extra steps to make them a happy customer. And you, you hear them, you're like, well, yeah. And I guess the issue is many times in marketplaces, there's this unreliability sometimes with uh, mom and pops, right? They Maybe they have hiring problems or they're smaller. They, they let people down. So do you find that to be a, a common theme uh, sometimes? And you guys come in and you're, you're just checking all the boxes. And that's kind of why businesses really feel comfortable uh, doing business with, with one of your brands in a local market. But do you see that? Is that what it's like where it's just, they don't do it well because they don't have the power behind them. They don't do what we said. They don't separate the strengths and weaknesses. Right. And, but tell me more about that. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely a combination, right? There's, there are, there are plenty of, of companies out there that just aren't giving very good service, quite frankly. Um, and then, and then there's a lot that, you know, they give the good service, they check the proverbial boxes, um, you know, of, okay, we follow up and check in and, and, you know, we wish them the most success where we are able to, to differentiate ourselves is when, is when something goes wrong. Um, so, so for example, right. Um, pros, pros to the business. Um, you can't outsource this business to China. It's not going to, you know, Amazon's not going to come to town and replace us, uh, cons, um, it, you know, and, and be, cons, it has the human element in it and the human element, you know, if someone physically has to walk into the building and clean it, but humans make mistakes. We all do. It's always, it's inevitably going to happen in this industry. And so what, what we see is, um, say you go to a restaurant, you can have one of three experiences, right? You can have a delight experience, good food, good waiter, you know, got to tell everybody about it. It's so great. You can have a bad experience, right? Waiter was a jerk, food was cold, um, or just sort of that middle of the road, like, eh, it was, it was fine. Um, yeah, it should have been, yeah. Yeah. The food it, was hot, thank you. Yeah, you know, you know, but in cleaning, we only have two. There are no three experiences. There is no, nobody goes, oh my gosh, my office is so clean. I'm going to go get my janitor a birthday present. Doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> so what happens is you have, you have people who come into the office and they either sit down and go, well, I got to get to work. And they don't even think about the cleaning or they sit down and go, why is my trash can still full? Why did, you know, why are there smudges all over my desk? What the heck's going on? And so we found that, that, you know, that's the opportunity in our business when we're best to make a friend. That's how you earn a customer for life. And so we created a proprietary software called CleanCom. Um, and so if you have a, if you have an issue in your office, you take out your smartphone, you go to myanagoclean.com, you have a login for your office, you snap a picture of whatever your issue is, it's reported privately. You don't have to share cell phone numbers or anything like that. So it's private communication. Um, the franchisee is required to respond to to whatever your issue is within two hours or it gets escalated to the regional master franchise office. Uh, they tell you what what the you know what when they're going to resolve it by. Um, and by the way, if you know if maybe you are you know you speak English, they speak Spanish or Portuguese or you know Romanian or whatever. It has built-in Google Translate, so you can you can type it in your native language. They can respond in their native language, and everybody understands what's happening. Um, and, and that is how, and you know, you get people get essentially allow people to go back to, all right, well, I got to get back to work, and for not thinking about their cleaning, just thinking about what they're at their job for to make their own living, to to grow their own businesses. And you eliminate that headache and you do it quickly. 
Um, that, that's something that sets yeah. us apart. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's uh, there's there's a there's a nuance in there. There's I feel like I feel it in technology businesses. You know, it's um, it's not. It's like they expect something, and when it's not the way they expect it, it's just an instant reaction. If you give them an outlet to say we can validate how you're feeling and we'll make sure that this doesn't happen anymore. They can do that just systematically without emotion. When you give them a tool and say, here's what you do and you respond well, and they know that you do. And then once they maybe respond one time to them and they know that's reliable. And so they ever have to do it again. There's no pressure. It's just, Hey, let them know. They'll take care of it. I always tell people in technology things, you know, there's so many details, right? I'm like, speak what you want. Don't speak what went wrong. We know what went wrong. We'll, we'll, the, the underlying thing is we, we want to make sure it doesn't happen again. But speak with what you want. So you're giving your customer the ability to say, I just don't want my desk to be dirty again. <laughs> so that's all. Like right. Otherwise, they're just kind of disgruntled and maybe they may, may make a negative comment about you guys. And then that's not good for you, right? Because then the franchisee doesn't even know that they're annoyed. And so this is brilliant because it just opens that door. It, it makes them feel better. It gives you the input you need and you, you keep moving forward. But I, I I, think there's a lot to say about doing that because otherwise you would just be irritated and probably not say anything. Right. 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 And, and then, or complain, eventually it builds up and everybody's complaining and right. Bob in the corner office and this person. And, and then it's just like, it could all been avoided by just, here you go. Here's an app. Right. And and that's, exactly. that's great. That's awesome. And, yeah. and, and to take it one step further, we, we built it with, with, uh, with preventive analytics. So if I get, you know, if a regional owner gets master franchise owner gets say maybe three complaints about a particular franchisee and they happen to be in bathrooms, they can pull that franchisee in and say, Hey man, let's, let's get you retrained on how to properly handle bathrooms because we, you've gotten three complaints on that in the last two months. And, and that minimizes any potential complaints going forward. So you keep the complaints to, you know, when they are, when they do happen, you resolve them quickly. So people go, okay, I can move on. And then you minimize them from happening again in the future. Because when you see them, you red flag them and, and, and coach the people to, to improve in that area. And just hearing that I would buy from you. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I know humans aren't perfect, but what I always look for, and I think everybody's the same is that you have a plan for always getting better. Right. I mean, in recognizing mistakes and fixing them, that's all right. And that's a great plan. And you got technology, you got a plan, you got a process. So you got, you know, that's beautiful. So I wanted to kind of wrap things up, but I wanted to ask you a kind of a, a two prong question. Uh, you have two, we talked about this three tier model a few times. So you have a master franchise and you have 50 of those guys, and then you've got the 1800 businesses. Tell me about the candidate. Let's, let's maybe just think about the fran master franchisee. And if you have time, you can mention the unit level, but is there something you look for that has the DNA for that kind of a role, the one of the 50? So that recruiting process, if anyone in the audience is interested, like what are you looking for? What are the attributes you think are, are important for someone to have to be successful as a master franchisee? Um, for, I mean, first and foremost is, is drive. It's the old, um, excuse me man i'm rough today uh it's the old it's the old african proverb you know where the every morning the lion wakes up and has to be faster than the slowest gazelle and the gazelles wake up and and have to be faster than the fastest lion but everybody wakes up running um it, it, it's it's someone who who you know is hungry every day this is not a um 
this is it's not a farmer franchise model where you know if we build it they will come this is a hunter franchise model so it's um, I, what can I sell today? What can my sales team close today? It's someone who's very driven like that. Um, and then capable of, of managing a large scale business. I mean, when you're talking three, four, five, six, seven million dollars, um, you, you know, you have a, a sales department, customer service department, accounting department. You need to be able to understand to some level the facets of the business. And a lot of that, look, we can train on. Um, yeah. But if I had, you know, if I had my way, I think I, I forget which personality profile we were big on personality profiling. Um, yeah. And I know in the consulting world that, you know, they use a lot of that. Ours are, yeah. you know, our, our, if we, you know, the people who are what are called achievers, you know, someone who wakes up every morning is like, what can I do? I'm, you know, I, my, my wife joked, my, we just had our, our third baby and I was on, uh, took a few weeks off and I created my own honey-do list. She's like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't even, I'm like, we got to we got to clearly clean up this furniture out back and I got to mow over here and I got to, I've been putting off this project. I get, I literally had two dozen projects to knock out because I was home for two weeks. I don't, you know, I'll go to a hotel, we'll go on vacation and, you know, halfway through the vacation, I'm talking to the staff about buying a franchise. It, you know, yeah. it, <laughs> it's, so, it's someone who doesn't so, shut off. Those are the most successful in our model where it's like, I, you know, I, oh, ABC always be closing. <laughs> well, I just wanted to really, I don't want to interrupt you because you have more probably to say, but I just wanted to say that that is what you're describing is funny because it, it, you, know, you have to have that drive, right? Is And and some people simply don't have it. And, um, and, and you, you know, again, I, I just kind of laugh because I don't know how to do it differently. Like you said, I, I always tell my kids, like when we've talked about careers and their future, uh, do we love you do something that you it isn't work because you're going to do it anyway a lot. I mean, no matter what we do in life, our work takes a lot of our time. So we might as well just enjoy it. So like, when you say I worked over my vacation, I say, don't separate it. Just understand. I mean, you need you need to unplug. You need to spend time with people you love. That's a different sort of conversation, how you handle that. But you can do both, right? Yeah. You can have an integrated lifestyle where you can enjoy both. And it's just like, but that's cool because you need people that feel that way. Not everybody does. They just think it's separate and I can only work now. And I, you know, you have to be, you have to be willing to just work because you enjoy that effort, that effort of making things better. Yeah. And that's what's awesome about being in franchise. When I was, when I was back at IBM, I used to work in corporate finance. That was when it was the big work-life balance. That was the movement <laughs> was early 2000s. And then yeah. IBM was, was one of the first places, maybe it wasn't IBM that coined it, but somebody said they called it work-life integration. And, and I, you know, at the, at the time I was a young guy, I'm like, oh, that just means you have no balance. Um, yeah. now, now as, as a CEO, I go, that's the only way, you know, you have to be able to, if I get, if I got to leave because my daughter's got a, you know, a dance recital or something like that, I'm going to go. But at the same yeah. time, if I got stuff to do at, you know, and you know, it's eight o'clock at night and I got to work an hour, I, I'm not, a, it doesn't bother me to work an hour because I can also, if I, I come and go as I please, I need to be at something for my kids or home for dinner. I can do that and just integrate. And why, why does there have to be a wall between those two parts of your life? Yeah, I don't think, I think we, the technology is showing us there doesn't need to be any more. And, um, and so we're evolving as a, as a culture, I think, but uh, I'm glad to hear that's how you think. I think philosophically it's the way to go and, and uh, we can make ourselves, our lives a little easier if we just, you know, we just look at it differently. Um well, cool. So, so before we 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 end the conversation, I always like to give an opportunity for you to share the best way to get a hold of you guys 
um, if people are interested, one, in, in the commercial services you offer around cleaning, and two, in the idea of building one of these amazing businesses in their market, um, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is is standard website uh, website and phone number. So um, <clears throat> phone number is 800-213-5857. And there's, there's literally, I don't want to sound, you know, like a like a QVC commercial, but you know, there's not operators standing by, but there's definitely, there's definitely, a, you know, our director of, of master franchise sales available to, you know, have a conversation with anybody about that. And otherwise, if you're just looking for more information, um, it's anagocleaning.com, A-N-A-G-O cleaning.com. Um, and then you can find all about our services, all about our master and unit franchise opportunities, whatever, whatever, you know, piques your interest. All right, it's awesome. I always encourage people to check things out, especially when you talk to guys like you or anyone on your team. It's like an education, and no matter what, it's the best time you'll spend. So I encourage everyone to to reach out and learn more. But thank you for sharing, and Adam, thank you for for sharing with everybody uh, a little bit more about what goes on with Anigo. And I like that that about your brand. I didn't realize the meaning of of the name there. So very cool. And so I appreciate you being on the show today. And for our listeners, thanks again for listening and bye for now. 